yo, welcome to the VIP Cafe Show. Boy, we've been, wow, we've been away. We've been on sabbatical. We have, we have. Happy New Year to our billions mm-hmm. and trillions of listeners. Mm-hmm. It is 2022, and yes. I'm happy to report Ron Jeremy is still playing our intro music. He is? Yeah, he, yeah. Works, he works hard at that. Right. We talked about changing it up, but then uh, Greg and I said, if it's not broke, yeah. why And I think it? he said, too, because, uh, you know, he's on with Joe Rogan. He says, you know, play my music louder now. Right. Yeah, you know, he's not the, get me off this. He's not any young guy. Plus, we give him 10 cents royalty. Yeah. Every time at least. we play this song. At least. So, it's 2022. Yeah. My name is Brian Belasco. I am with my favorite podcast host in the world, Greg Smith. Yes. So, good being, morning, good evening, and good night. There right? is a signature line. Well, it's somebody else's, but well, we like to use it too. Was it Walter Cronkite? I guess so. Yeah. We gotta, might as well keep him alive. Right. He was great. I love that voice. Oh. You know. The timber. Yeah. So in 2022, people have dreams, goals, visions. One of the things people... I have found buy into is the whole New Year's resolution. Yeah. So a New Year's resolution, it, listen, if it works for you, fine. But the thing with resolution, if you open up a dictionary and you look at the definition of resolution, mm-hmm. it is this, a firm decision to do or not to do something. Right. So to me... And if you have a New Year's resolution, yeah. you could say, well, I'm choosing not to do right. something right. just as easily as you can do it. So I like to... Just as powerful. Right. I like to say, not necessarily nix your New Year's resolution idea, but maybe focus on something that I focus on, and it's called M&Ms, uh-huh. not, not the candy. Right. I call them motivational moments. Uh-huh. Every day from the moment you wake up, I mean, just waking up in and of itself can be a motivational moment for some people. Yeah. Uh, going to the gym, playing basketball, losing weight, sending an email that you've been waiting to send, cleaning your house, reaching out to an old friend. If we daily find that our motivational moments are being taken care of, I think that is enough for some people just to get through yeah. well, their day. You know what I was talking about? before we started the program is one of the things I found out people that are depressed with life you know they don't have a narrative for their future they don't have a story for their future and what you're talking about is exactly that you know what's your motivational moment what's something that least can get you like when you talk to the long distance friends the people that do the 300 miles you know the the ultra marathon Mm, people mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they don't think about the finish line 300 miles away they think about that the rock that's a a thousand feet away that they want to get to and then the next rock and then the next stop sign and then it adds up and that's what you're talking about right baby steps you know motivational moment lose weight you lost two pounds Mm. okay two pounds that's great Maybe right. you wanted to lose 10, but let's celebrate the two. It's like we're authors mm-hmm. and our life is a book. And uh-huh. every day we have the opportunity to write a new chapter. Right. But the beautiful thing about being an author of your life is you also have the ability to hit the delete button and change something. You do. About yourself and or I, about your situation. And I saw Simon Sinek say something that was really powerful. He said, people aren't as afraid of the unknown anymore because of COVID. Because mm. guess what? We survived. We survived with the government shutting us down with all kinds of 
stipulation regulation supply shortages money shortages we had to figure out how to how to get things and do things and entertain ourselves and it completely turned our world upside down and people were okay we're right. okay now are we happy with everything no but we're okay and people went oh wait a minute i don't have to be unhappy in my job i don't have to be unhappy in my relationship i don't have to be unhappy with this i can make a change the unknown's not as bad as i thought it was and that was simon senek's point okay. and i think he's right Right. I, I listen. I haven't had toilet paper since 2020. Right. I couldn't find it. Right. And uh, but and, I survived. And those poison oak leaves didn't work oh, out too well. Oh my gosh, the rashes. <laughs> so we're going to jump into a topic, but before we do, this just made me think of something. So yep. There's a quote I created years ago. It goes something like this: Success is not measured by what others think, mm-hmm. but instead how it made you feel. Right. Keyword in that sentence, yeah. you. So right. if you're trying to succeed for someone else right. or someone else's ideology, what's the word I'm looking for? Ideology. Ideology. Then you're, in my opinion, setting yourself up to succeed for someone else and uh-huh. worried about what they're going to think and what they're going to say. So success is not measured by what others think, but instead how it made you feel. And if losing just two pounds made you feel good, well, then yeah. hell, that's success. Well, it is. Our billions of listeners are probably wondering why we have been on sabbatical, Mm -hmm. and I have talked with Greg extensively about this next subject, and he has gladly decided to open up a little bit Uh with regards to his life. So this may be a shocker for some of you, but our good friend Greg Smith had cancer. Yeah, I did. And he is now sitting across from me, and we are looking at each other and um, kind of falling in love a little bit. Yeah, right. A little (laughs) broken. little bromance yeah but greg is bold enough strong enough and proud enough to tell us about his journey with regards to his esophageal and stomach cancer so greg i'm going to give you the floor right now Uh and maybe this airing of our podcast can help someone maybe get themselves checked out yeah well you know number one if you have acid reflux and you haven't seen a doctor had a gi uh, upper gi done Mm -hmm. get that done because here's the here's what when i did the research on this i found that they do lower gis because more people have colon cancer and colon problems than they have esophageal problems so it's a numbers game for the insurance company okay it's you know they'd rather not spend the money on upper gis because it, it doesn't pay to, ah, to catch it early. So okay. you have to make that decision. And if you have if you have acid reflux, you should definitely be going to see a gastroenterologist and getting a scope. Just so you know, you know, I have an 18-year-old son that has it really bad. The and acid that, reflux? That thing? reflux okay. can cause issues where it opens you up for carcinogens to get in there. Okay? Okay. And yet, yet that's one precaution I would say. So I would say anybody in the audience that has... Those issues, make sure you get an upper GI done. Just do it. Do it. Okay? Okay. Um, what happened is I was eating, and it was like getting uncomfortable to eat. Like, stuff was getting stuck. And I'm like, what, what's going on? I, so it wasn't certain foods. It was just eating in general? Eating in general. Okay. I, we thought it was our, my pancreas. We thought it was right. your gallbladder. We went, and, you know, and they sent me to Dr. Yusuf. Okay. And, you know, he was, well, <laughs> you got cancer. Mm. So he sent me to Cleveland Clinic, and within two weeks, the Cleveland Clinic had me in radiation and chemotherapy. Okay. Chemotherapy, honestly, isn't that bad for what I had. Mm-hmm. The radiation is a lot worse, and people that have had both can will answer that radiation creeps up on you. You think you're fine, and then when radiation's over is when it hurt, starts to hurt. So, Like what kind of effects? You just, everything eats, it feels like um, you've got uh, a sore throat okay. all the way down to your stomach. Mm. 
you know. So you have to start eating like a lot of more milkshakes, a lot more stuff that's smooth and creamy. Does your milkshake bring all the boys to the yard? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just checking. <laughs> So anyway, you know, I, I got my uh, surgery doctor, Dr. Murphy, did a great job up there. He's one of the best in the world. He uh, removed uh, 70% of my esophagus and 25% of my stomach. So I have a vertical stomach. Wait a second. That's a, that's a big percentage. It is. But, you know, I'm f- that, that all works great. Okay. I mean, it does. I mean, I don't eat as much. And I have to eat protein with everything I eat because if you don't have a mixture in your stomach, it'll just release it. Okay. So you have to have some mixture. So I've learned how to do that. And then I had some, I had some complications with the J tube when they pulled it out. I guess I got an infection. Explain the J tube. The J tube is goes into your um, your small intestines. There's a, it's called a J joint or something like that okay. or whatever. But that's where they put the feeding right tube because you can't eat once okay. they. You know, you got to let that heal before you can eat. Right. And that takes about a month. Okay. And then and then you can get J-tube removed after about a month or two. And they make sure that you don't need more chemo or anything like that. So they pulled it out, and I started getting bad pains. And what's unfortunate, and this is, I'm just letting everybody know this, it's not the Cleveland Clinic's fault. It is the system's fault. Okay. If they readmit me, it hurts their experience level, and it hurts their money, and it hurts their their experience level. So they didn't want to readmit me. They wanted to try to, you know, you have a surgeon trying to do a gastroenterologist's job. The surgeon did his job. He, he did a phenomenal job. Okay. But he's done. Gotcha. And when I had problems with my lower intestines, you know, major, like where I was curled up in a ball because it hurt so bad, I should have been readmitted and gone to a gastroenterologist there. But they didn't do that. I had to, I had to come back locally and get that done. And Dr. Youssef, within 20 minutes, 20 minutes, knew what was wrong with me and started treating me. And I'm better now. Amazing. And he's here. He's here. He's local. Yeah, he's 29 years experience, you know. Let's I mean, give him a shout out. That's you great. Know, he, the, you know, he did a great job. But that whole, I mean, our, our we have good doctors around here. You know, yeah. if you're not, if you're sick, you go to UPMC, you go to Allegheny, or you go to Cleveland Clinic, you're going to be taken care of. And, you know, there's other choices in our country. But our country has the best, right. best in the world. Right. And I felt that. I did. I, I was never worried. It happens, and I'm on the mend now, you know, really am. Ah, man, we are very happy to hear that. In fact, so what are some of the changes, maybe, that you are doing? I know we had chit-chatted before we started recording about yeah. breathing. Oh, well, yeah. Let's talk well, about that. When they that. cut your diaphragm. <laughs> right. I mean. And then you have major, major, uh, I don't know if anybody has had, ever had IBS, uh, irritable bowel syndrome, but what can happen is it feels like somebody hits you with a taser okay. and doesn't take their button, their finger off the button for 24 hours. Like constant, constant, constant pain where you're locked up and it is like your diaphragm is locked. You can't Ooh. move it. You can't move your low. I mean, you, you literally, well, every time you move, it's like you're stretching your whole middle, middle section. And when you breathe, you can't use your diaphragm. So you have to use your intercostals, which most people do anyway. It really limits. And I'm, I'm a voice coach and I have yeah. voice training. Right. So I'm trying to use my diaphragm, which you're supposed to do. So you have the most range and you have the most air and you have good airflow. And I couldn't do it. So that was a that was a change where I had to learn how to speak and talk and 
without using my diaphragm as well. Now, that's all changed, you know, since Dr. Yusuf got me, he got me antibiotics, so he got me some medicine for IBS. I'm much better now. I have complete use of my diaphragm. But I realized what a lot of people go through by breathing with just their intercostals. It really limits your ability to feel. Okay. Your ability to function. The air you, I mean, think about it. What's the one thing, the one function in your body that if you don't do for two minutes, you're dead? That's breathing. Breathe. It is the most important function you do. And most people have never had a class on how to breathe properly. Most people have never even taken the time to learn. We're more interested in dieting and what foods we put in. And you can get more health from breathing properly and learning how to use your diaphragm and using 100% lung capacity than using 20% you use when you use your intercostals. If you're a vertical breather, it means your shoulders go up and down when you breathe, you're a vertical breather. Okay. Your belly should go in and out when you breathe. I'm trying to think, like, I played basketball last night and I was breathing hard. Mm Mm-hmm. And I find that my shoulders probably were going. Cause I'm well, you're probably using your whole system. Okay. Athletes use their back muscles to breathe. Oh, you're calling me an athlete? Thank you. Yeah, they do. They do. When you're when you're athletic, you start to use all the intercostals, and your in your it expands everything. Okay. You know, so you want to use your diaphragm and your intercostals, and it just really, I mean, boom, brings in. But intercostals should be secondary to breathing, not primary. And a lot of people, because we sit and we impede our diaphragm, because what has to happen, your diaphragm pushes your guts out of the way, right? Okay. So if you don't, if you sit with your leg crossed and bent forward, you've impeded your diaphragm. You cannot get a full breath. Okay. And we're used that to doing sense. that. That makes sense. When you sit up and your your your, your legs are spayed a little bit, then you have you can drop your you know you can drop your guts into your lap when you breathe and push them out of the way, which is what's supposed to happen. Are there exercises? Oh yeah, or the, something you can we can go, consciously do. You can go. Um, I would uh, uh, Belisa Veranich. Say that again. Belisa. Belisa Veranich. Veranich. She has breathing. Um, I think there's breathingiq.com. Okay. Is one of her sites, but you can go on there and you can learn how to breathe. She has YouTube videos. She has a book. And this is for anyone. You don't have anyone. to have had cancer. No. Right? No. I mean, gosh, we you know, it, honestly, it'll help you not have it. Okay. Because you're getting more oxygen, you know, in, in your system mm. when you breathe properly. And your system doesn't have to work as hard. I like it. You know. So so the breathing is physical. Yeah, number one. Let's talk. It, let's talk mental. Let's talk the man in the mirror. Oh yeah, not the Michael Jackson, well, song, it, which was well, good. You know, we we were talking too about the number one issue. I teach at YSU. Mm-hmm. I teach public speaking there. The number one issue: breathing. Breathing is huge. Okay. Number two is belief in yourself. Right. Looking in the mirror and seeing that that's your best friend. Right. Because guess what happens? You will self sabotage if it's not your best friend. Being insecure about who you are. And trying to hide in the shadows because you don't want anybody sure. to think that you're not perfect, right. which is really funny. Whether you religious or not, it doesn't matter. Jesus Christ is a historical figure that was hung on a cross because people, he was a threat to the Jewish community, uh-huh. right? Mm-hmm. Right. And that's a fact. Right. He was seen as perfect and he was a threat. Right. When people see perfect people, what do we do to them? When people act like they're perfect people, they're no longer president. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Cha-ching. Yeah, Can we really. Have a sound effect. For yeah, that? right. <laughs> but it's true. It's true. We do not like perfect people. Yet, yet people hide because they don't want to be seen as have flaws. And unfortunately, um, that's a bad way to think. Our flaws and our vulnerability are what makes us gold, makes us human. Because when we, when you have resolved issues and you share those with people, people go, "Oh my gosh, he's been through something." And learning to understand success and failure, you need to treat them the same way. 
mm-hmm. like you should you should embrace them right it, it is difficult and when you're older you get to learn that you know it, it, some people do sure but the faster you get to know that that person looks you back in the mirror is your best friend when mm-hmm. you you have to walk a fine line between arrogance and confidence. It's, yeah. They say that about Joe Burrow down in the Bengals. Joe Cool. Yeah. He 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 walks a fine line. Right. He's, he's not a jerk. And some people perceive right. confidence as arrogance. Even if you're trying not to be arrogant, someone will say, oh, this well, person's... Yeah. I mean, but you, you hang around you with the right people yourself. that have your back and right. understand that's not a big deal. Like right. you can... All day you could tell me all the successes you had and I'll be like, that's great. That's wonderful. That's awesome. And you can tell me your failures, and I'll think the same thing. Oh, you learned a lot there. You, you got a good story for your your speeches. You right, know? right, right, right. Oh, know? yeah, a and, lot of failures. And that's a track. But I mean, number one is breathing. Number two is believing in yourself. And number three is that narrative we talked about at the beginning. That you mentioned having that narrative of about a better, better, better future. I think those are the three things that really hit home with me going through this. Because when you're in so much pain that you really don't know if you want to wake up the next day, like yeah. it's that bad, you've got to have a narrative out there. You've got to keep a narrative out in front of you of a better day or you shut down. It's over. Correct. And you have to live for the, yourself mm-hmm. first. Again, we've talked about this before. I preach in my seminars constantly about personal development, all that jazz, right. building your self-esteem. But one of the things you... Right, can I ask a question? I know you've gotten letters back from your talks yes. of people's lives you've changed. What was one that's most impactful and what did they say they did from your talk? I mean, I, I'm just curious. Wow, that is a great question. It is, and I know you've gotten them. Once I sift out all the hate mail... Yeah. And I find, ah, I find yeah, that we get those one too. good letter <laughs> someone's life has been changed. Well, I got a compliment a couple of weeks ago, and it was probably the well, not one of the best, but it was a good compliment. It was, um, I was doing a seminar. I was in New York. After the speech, a participant walked up and said, I'm mad at you. And I said, oh, well, why? What'd I do? And she said, you kept me awake. My Ooh. goal was to walk in here and sleep, and, sleep <laughs> and you kept me awake. And I That's said, great. "That's a beautiful compliment. I'll yeah. take it." But probably one of the letters I received that was really impactful is someone changed their entire career, quit their job, and mm-hmm. went out and did what they decided was best for them, right. and it was success. Yeah, and it made me feel good that I. And again, I'm not sure if I was any part of of her decision. Mm-hmm. But she gave me a little bit of credit and said, what you said on stage yeah. really inspired me to go out. You were the igniter. My job, yeah. And it's up to her to run with it. Right. That, was, that made me feel good. It made me smile. When the student's ready, the teacher will appear. Right. Right? Yeah. That's a good question yeah. for asking that. One of the things about looking in the mirror, I preach all the time, there are a lot of people in this world you can try to fool. Uh-huh. But it's tough to fool that person who stares back at you every day in the mirror. Wait. We've all tried to fool that fool. Yeah. But it's yeah. tough. And I think a lot of people try to live their life based on how they think others mm. want it or think it should go. Yeah, well, and that's the, one of our faults, well, I think, as human beings. You know, here's funny. It's like when I teach, everybody up here is worried about being judged when they get up here. Okay, and, right. And guess what? You're going to be judged. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the world. You judge people. Right, right. But here's what you don't do. You don't go home and think about them 24-7. Correct. You Correct. start thinking about yourself. Correct. Right? And, and the more complaints you have about other people is usually because you have complaints about yourself and you'd rather put them on other people than yourself. And some of you are pushing back on that. But when you get old enough, you're going to realize that's the truth. And when you're being judged, 
<clears throat> it doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad judgment. No. Someone could judge you and say, wow. Why? Right. That was phenomenal. Like, let's say they don't like how you uh, always, <clears throat> every right. time you talk. If they say that to you and you can correct that, that, that's good. You know, right? It's a win. It's a win. I used to give, you know, when I give a talk, there'd be 500 people in a room and one person wouldn't like me and that's what I co- front, oh, co- right. concentrate on. And then I learned, well, wait a minute. Learn from that one person, but don't take away from the 499 that loved you. Correct. Because the moment you change for that one, you just yeah. lost the 499. Right. And it's it's right. really, you can't please everyone. And that's another thing, you know, it's true too, is everybody thinks their content or what they're saying is um, somehow theirs. No, right. when you put it out in the world, when you put content out in the world, you allow people to interpret that content for their own use. Mm. And everybody's map's different. If, if I go and give a talk and there's 400, 500 people, there's going to be 500 different versions of what I gave. Right. 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 So you don't right. own the content. You right. can only relate to it. The only thing you have is that relationship with a person, which is separate than the content. Right. And so you have to understand that. When you understand that triad where they have a relationship with your content, you have a relationship with your content, and I have a relationship with you, it makes a huge difference. Uh, wise words from Greg Smith. You know why he's so wise? Because he's <laughs> 90 years old. Right. Okay. So we're going to wrap this up. Again, just to, to, to recap, uh, we're going to focus on breathing. Yeah. Which, by the way, you take my breath away. Ooh, right. Oh, so wow. So cool. Hey. We're going to focus on the person staring back at us in the mirror. Yeah, really, honestly, you know, great thing to do. Look in the damn mirror and tell yourself why you're grateful for yourself. You can also sit there and say what you want to improve. Right. But darn it, be grateful. Celebrate. Celebrate something. I mean, here's the thing. There's no one on this planet, no one, that has the same experience, the same DNA, everything. When you look at your experience, your, you know, what you've been through, how you interpreted things, how people have related to you, everything in your life, there's no other person that has that map that you have. You're completely unique. You're completely, perfectly imperfect. Correct. And you've got to embrace that. And you say, well, I don't have this and I don't have that. Yeah, but you have things they don't have. Sure. Right? Right. Here's another funny thing. Best in the world are really good at one or two things. Mm-hmm. Now, they're able to get good at other things because they've learned how to do it. But, but they've really great. dialed it into one thing. Yeah. And when you try to do more than one thing, it spreads out your oh, efforts. I always tell my kids that with sports. Yeah. I go, choose wisely. Pick one, be great at it instead of being good at four. Right. Well, you know, <laughs> and that's true, too. That's a debate that parents will go on forever. If you like sports, do sports. But if you want to go to the NFL, you want to go to the NHL, focus on that sport. Really focus on that sport. And if there's another sport that complements it, you should do it. Right. But just don't do sports to do sports. Right. Have a, have a path and a, and a plan to get where you want to be. And if you want to be a pro, start young and yeah. work your butt off. Yeah. And you can get there. So there's no hope for us? Well, uh, we old. could be pro BSers, you know, there's no doubt there. <laughs> I got you we covered. We got that covered. All right, folks, breathe. Be proud of the person who stares back at you in the mirror. And remember, your future is as bright as you want it to be. You are the author of your own book. You write your own new chapter every single day. Greg, yep. it's been a pleasure. Mm-hmm. Always, we will have guests back on our show yes. soon. Yes, good ones, too. All right. All right. Take care. Peace out.